right, so welcome to Everything Went Black podcast. Hey, Andrew, do you like coffee? I love coffee. You know, coincidentally, I have a coffee company called Savage Gold Coffee, and we're coming up to my one-year anniversary of launching the company. And uh, to celebrate one year of being in business, I'm offering a discount code for everybody. Go to savagegoldcoffee.com, and you get a 15% discount on anything. All you have to do is type in year one, 2015 and you get a 15% discount. So uh, we got t-shirts. 50%? No, 15, 15. <laughs> 50, so 100%? 50? <laughs> no. A uh, 15%, 1-5% discount on any order. So uh, so there you go. I'd like to thank everyone who supported the company uh, for the first year and uh, looking forward to new things um, in the future. And um you know, continuing to uh, to give you guys uh, the best uh, the best that I can. So, hey man, what do you think of Cain uh, Velasquez losing the title this past weekend? <laughs> it, it was amazing. It was crazy, and uh, I should watch that fight again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. You know, historically, there's only been uh, like two title defenses in the heavyweight division before the belt changes hands. So. Uh, so, I don't know, this is like Kane's second time around. And uh, so, what, what do you think the future for uh, Verdum is going to be? You think he's going to hang on to this for a while, or it's going to be a, uh, you know, a seesaw of uh, title defense, uh, you know, losses and gains and stuff? Yeah, I think Verdum's only problem is going to be a power puncher like Dos Santos. I think that he'll be able to handle the volume punching of all the other people who sort of have that punch until you get a TKO style. I think Verdum has too much power in, um, himself. He'll accumulate damage quicker. He has a submission ace in the back pocket, too. One of the things that you pointed out earlier um, in other conversations we've had about uh, Fabricio Verdum is his improved striking, which is uh, under the tutelage of Rafael Cordero. Um, I think it's made a huge change in his um, in his game. And in my opinion, it's actually made him a champion. Yeah, I totally agree. Um it's really interesting. I mean, what a great year for Kings MMA. You know, they got uh, Dos Anjos, and now they have Verdum. I mean, that's awesome. Two champs out of that camp. I mean, it's got to feel awesome for Cordero, brings him back to the shoot-to-box days. Um, it's awesome. I mean, great coach. I don't know who the wrestling coach is down there, but they got a hell of a team. Yeah, I agree. You know, what's interesting about Dos Anjos is that uh, Pretty much right after, you know, Pettis signed this big deal with Wheaties and everything. And, you know, his, 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 his picture's on a Wheaties box. He loses the title to a savage like like Dos Anjos. And for some reason, I just don't see him being on the Wheaties box. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? <laughs> uh, not unless they do, like, Frankenberry. <laughs> like, he would scare kids with that mug that he has, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, totally. He seems, you know, uh, God, he seems like a super sweet guy, but he's... He looks, you know, he's sort of scary-looking dude. But, you know, like the Beast, he's a nice guy in the outside world, but a savage inside the cage. Yeah. Speaking of him real quick, uh, you know, he's fighting Cerrone in his next shot, so that rematch, that yes. should be interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. You know, Cerrone, hopefully, you know, he stays healthy because um, that dude fights, like, every week, I think, you know. It's like, dude, how many fights has he had in the last year? Like nine or something like that? It's crazy. Dude, he fights all the time and he gets paid the same, you know? Why not? Got to make that paper, you know? 
So, um, Alvarez versus Melendez. That that was, uh, especially for being at altitude like that. I know those guys. You know, when you, when you listen to interviews with Eddie Alvarez, he was said he was disappointed in his performance, but, um, you know. Fighting at altitude like that has got to take a toll on you. It seemed like dudes are like throwing up and, you know, it, it saps your, your endurance. And uh, I still thought that was a pretty uh, pretty interesting fight for me. You know, I was expecting more, you know, a little bit more action. But then, you know, after all, it is like way the hell high up in the altitude. So. And Alvarez had his eye yeah. swollen shut like crazy for the next two rounds. I can't believe they didn't stop it. And kudos to Alvarez... One, still fighting, and two, adapting. He totally adapted his game plan and started using wrestling where he could beat Melendez. Yeah. And that's how he beat him in the, in the second and third round. I don't think that he was robbed. And uh, uh, speaking of the altitude, Dana White said that this fight card set a record for fighters throwing up in the back room from like exha- exhaustion. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I heard the same thing too. And uh, it's funny because he also said that there wouldn't be any more uh, heavyweight fights at altitude either. When it was uh, was at Hunt versus Verdum, that was going to be like the last one. And here we go. Oh wow! You know, you got Verdum versus uh, Cain Velasquez. So what what are your thoughts on that, man? I know I know, you know, Cain has been off for two years. He came down like what the week of the fight, and uh, obviously was suffering from uh, exhaustion after the first round. And uh, Verdun had been living up there. He struck a deal with his coach. You know, he struck a deal. Uh, he wanted to come down that Thursday before weigh-ins on Friday, which is insane. His coach wanted to come down six weeks ahead of time. So they, he struck a deal and came down two weeks ahead of time. I mean, if you want to hold on to the title, you, you got to do everything that's necessary. And, and like you had said before, like, you know, the ring rust, if you, why would you stack odds in your face, like, against yourself, you know? Why would you be like, okay, well, I have two years of ring rust. Well, I might as well not get the cardio that's necessary for altitude either, or elevation. It's like, I, I don't know, it's insane. Like, did you, did you really want to stay the champ? Like, did you, did he believe too much of what people around him were telling him? Like, Luke Rockhold and Daniel Cormier, you know, constantly blowing him up you know I, I don't know i don't know what the hell he was thinking or what he was doing but all those things and the fact that verdum came prepared and i think verdum has a good game for uh kane style got his he got totally totally beaten you know yeah decisively you know the only thing i can say too is like you don't know what kind of like just head trip it must it must be to be a champion on that level you know like mentally, the kind of uh, stress that you're under, especially coming off a long, you know, injury like that. Um, you know, people have crumbled. Look at GSP, you know, Anderson Silva, John Jones, you know. I mean, I think in, in some ways John Jones was like revealing his true character in his uh, most recent escapades. But, but you know, the stress of being on the top like that, you know, is uh, probably you buy into it and you might think you're invincible, you know, or what? I don't know, man. But it's just, I think he that that cost him the title was his decisions to uh, to train that way. You know, totally. I, I don't think that he's comparable or relatable at all to the people that you mentioned, only because 
GSP had the most welterweight title defenses in the promotion's history. So did Anderson Silva. So did John Jones. I mean, I think that everyone's always been like, Kane is the best because he's going to be the best. Not because he's necessarily proven it because he gets injuries and like all these other things, but he doesn't fight enough. I mean, what is he like? 12 and 1 or something like that? I mean, yeah. He hasn't proven to me that he's on that level just because he's had a belt and beat two guys four times. You know, I just, I'm not saying I don't believe that he's a great fighter because I totally do. I just don't think that, like, that, I mean, the adversity that GSP's had with, like, multiple groin tears and other things like that and Anderson Silva being an insane dominating force and doing it boring sometimes and uh, John Jones being a completely dominating brutal force who beat like every light heavyweight um, except for maybe Gustafson Uh, but you know Kane has beat Dos Santos and Bigfoot you know, yeah, he beat Czech Congo, and he beat uh, that guy that beat Brandon Vera. What the hell is that guy's name? That big Ben Rothwell. I'm just, like, not – he could be great. I just don't think he's as great as people make him out to be yet because I haven't seen it, you know? Yeah, um, there's an article at Randy Couture. Randy um, there's an interview, actually, where he talks about how, um, you know, the uh, the heavyweight – like having three successful title defense is defenses is actually a record in the heavyweight division. So I mean, I want to check that out. But he talks about how in the heavyweight division, even even getting three consecutive, you know, successful defenses is is a, is a milestone. So, but um, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you think of. I mean, I, I haven't really uh, did too much uh, analysis on this, but it, just scanning through it, it seems like it's pretty pretty reasonable. But uh, what site is that on? That's on, let's see, I got it up right here. Uh, it's on MMA Mania. MMA Mania. Oh, MMA Mania? Okay. Yeah, that's like a little bit of a tongue that's twister. The, that's the bottom of the three of yeah. the triumvirate. Yes. But it's still, it's out there, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, Randy, who, you know, Randy Couture, the natural, you know. But, legend. Uh, the legend, a legend, definitely, for sure. Uh, but I'm happy that Alvarez was able to get a win, even though I'm a uh, you know a fan of Gilbert Melendez. But um, you know I'd hate to see Alvarez go on a losing streak right when he gets into the UFC. So um, you know uh, Melendez is still a top ten guy. I think I think he's like dropped to number six maybe in that division. Uh, you know, but Alvarez is one and one now, and um, I'd like to see him do something in that division. You know, I think he's got a lot of talent, and he's definitely earned his way into this realm. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he won. And, um, you know, I think Gil can, can absorb this and, and come out the other end, you know. But that was a pretty brutal fight, too. Yeah, I think um, Alvarez should actually take that step down in competition and fight against Diaz. You think Alvarez should fight Nate Diaz? Yep. Well, I know there's, like, some drama between those two guys. Yeah, man, there was an awesome interview with um, Ariel Hawani yeah. backstage, and, and Nate Diaz. You got to watch it if you haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't it's seen it. But so I, I read, I read the, I read the text for it. But yeah, I, I want to definitely check that out. Like Nate's, oh, like, it's hilarious, man. <laughs> well, what, what is it, man? He's just talking shit about everybody. About everyone. 
Well, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I saw Pettis. You know, he talks shit, and he walks by me with his head down. I'm like, come at me, bro. You know. <laughs> I, the thing I heard was like awesome. he was talking about, um, you know, about uh, Alvarez, where he's like, you know, Nate and him were cool. You know, like he gave him gum one day, or like a long time ago, or something like that, and they were cool. You know, he says, you know, Nate was mad mug, you know, like mugging him the whole time, like mad, you know, mad, mad dogging him. And then he's like, he's like, so what's up, man? What, you got a problem with me? And Nate's like looking down and he's like, you fight with my boy. And then he looks up at him and he's like, fuck you. (laughs) 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 I don't know, man. You know how I feel about the Diaz brothers, you know? They're, they're amusing, yeah. you know, and, and like, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs, but I don't agree, you know, obviously I don't agree with some of the tactics those guys have, but, um, so anyway, we got this, uh, sort of interesting, um, fight card this weekend. It's a fight night on uh, fight pass, which if you're a subscriber, that means you get it complimentary. Um, and it's in Berlin, Deutschland. So it's, uh, packed with a lot of local German fighters. And a couple of names that most of the names I'm pretty unfamiliar with. So does anything jump out at you, uh, Andrew? Yeah, I think that every fight has one person that I've heard of or I know. And um, they're fighting against somebody I have no clue. I mean, lots of question marks. I'm like, I, I don't know who that is. Or they're like not so long in the UFC that I'm familiar. But I'm like, that guy is he seems like somebody I know. And then I look him up and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. So this is a fight pass card. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like what the vibe has been with these fight pass cards. They usually take place overseas, you know, or in some country. And it's like primarily, I guess the, the uh, goal is to showcase, uh, you know, fighters from that particular country that they, they're doing the event in. So, um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's on in the middle of the day. On Saturday, and I'm gonna not gonna be able to watch oh, yeah? it. I think it's on at like 3 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, I'm gonna be in rehearsal, so I'm not gonna be able to check it out until later that night. But um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Obviously, I mean, I get it anyhow because I got Fight Pass. So, uh, but I actually am really really interested in the um, Johanna Yenjacek uh, Jessica Penne fight. Um, you know, I I became aware of uh, Yenjacek when she. Uh, defeated Carla Esparza in her first uh, title defense at the strawweight uh, division. And um, since then, I've kind of did a little bit of research on her. And, um, you know, and she's uh, she's a, trained by Ernesto Hoost and uh, Paul Slowinski. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that's where all that killer striking. I mean, she's, she's actually a Muay Thai champion, like a world and European Muay Thai champ. And, uh, you know, once I saw her fight Esparza, there's like some seriously crisp striking, and like I'm like, wow, this is like a kickboxing fight basically. But you got great, um, you know, takedown defense because you know Esparza is like a top wrestler, but she totally neutralized her wrestling game. But yeah, Ernesto Hoost and um, is and Paul uh, Slowinski, who you know, both of those guys are are K1 uh, champs. You know, Ernesto Hoost probably has uh, a little bit more weight to his name in the MMA world. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, she's got a serious coaching staff and, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, interested in, in checking out her career and, uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, she, she's, what was she, she's in MMA, she's undefeated Yeah, and, and in, the, in the UFC, she's three and oh, so, you know, we'll see, maybe, uh, you know, see how, how long she can, she can keep this, uh, this tear going. 
Yeah, I think she's um, she has a similar fighter in Jessica Penne as she had in Esparza. Yeah. Um, in two ways that you get someone who has a lot of wrestling, and also, I think Esparza looked really small in that fight. She looked tiny. Yeah. And um, Penne used to be the Invicta Atomweight champion, and that's 105 pounds. Well, five, so yeah. this is 10 pounds up. You know, that division doesn't exist in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like the results of this fight are going to be pretty much the same, you know. Just uh, a, a glorious violence. Yeah, mugging. <laughs> yeah, because you know? that's the my one. That's my sort of my one uh, criticism of the uh, of the female uh, fights is that the competition is very lopsided. You know, it seems like like if someone's a lot, usually one one is a lot better than the other. You know, typically, at least in the UFC, I've I've only watched a few Invicta fights, but I I was it always seems like there's one has a, a large advantage over the other, and I think that you know there's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of muggings that go on in, in this uh, in this branch, you know, and as I think as the years go by though, and like more and more women get involved in MMA, that's going to change, but at least at this you know place and time, that's kind of the deal, you know. But uh, but there's also the weight. You know, there's only two female divisions in the UFC, yet obviously women fighters weigh all different types and probably should be cutting to different spaces. But, um, you know, you're going to get people fighting at natural weights, and that's going to be very difficult for them. Yeah. And uh, also, um, you know, Jacek, uh, how, uh, it, it appears that she's probably bigger than, than Penny too, like just... I mean, she's probably she's going to come in heavier than her, probably, but also her reach advantage, I think, is going to come into play. But off the top of my head, I don't know what. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for me, the only other fight that I have any kind of interest in is, uh, you know, Dennis Seaver versus uh, Tatsuya Kawajiri. Um, you know, Seaver just lost to uh, to you know our friend uh, Conor McGregor, and um, so I don't know. I mean, Seaver's twenty two and ten. And uh, Kawajiri is career 33-8-2. But I believe uh, Kajiri is like, this is only like his second, this is like his second uh, UFC fight. Or he's a, rel- he's a relative new- newcomer, I believe. I feel yeah, like he- maybe it's the third, but I mean, we're talking about a legend in, Ka- in Tatsuya Kawajiri. You know, somebody who fought a lot of really good fighters. He fought Aoki, he fought Alvarez. Um, he fought Melendez, and so then he moved down to 145 in the UFC. Well, he was in uh, what one FC prior to this too, right? Kawajiri. Uh, he was in Dream. I don't remember Dream. if he was in one FC. Was he? I think so. Because I've been boning up on the one FC fights ever since I started watching those. But um, brutal organization. Oh yeah, man. The rules. It's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, man. I, I'm actually, my pick actually is Kawajiri. Um, I just feel like Dennis Seaver is, like, too slow. Um, you know, I kind of feel like there's a lot of, like, he might be in the twilight of his career. And uh, he might be on his way out, you know. They're and, pretty similar physically. You know, they're both, like, fire hydrant dudes. Kawajiri's a wrestler with ground and pound and submissions and Seaver sprawls and you know 
kickbox is. So it should be a, a pretty interesting fight. But they're definitely, you know, way older. Yeah. And they have, I don't think they've really, either one of those guys have really aged too well, though. You know what I mean? Like, there are guys like, you know, like Verdum is like, what, like 37. And he's in like the, the you know, prime of his career. You know? Totally. I mean, but, also, we're talking about Kawajiri with 43 fights and Seaver with 32 fights. That's that's a lot of mileage. a lot of mileage, yeah, totally. And also, uh, was it Seaver got popped for PEDs um, a few fights ago against Manny Gamburian, right? And that was like, uh, yeah. it was something weird, wasn't it? It, was, it wasn't like testosterone replacement, or it was like some weird thing he got popped for. Um, oh, it was like a, like a female fertility drug or something like that. <laughs> but seriously, it was something like that. Let me just look it up real quick. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, that fight, you know, if I had to just run down fighters that I care about or have any type of care for... Uh, Makwan Amir Khani, yeah, who beat Andy Ogle. Mm-hmm. He got him, you know, he hit him with like a flying knee and then swarmed on him. Had a great interview. I think that was that was uh, in Sweden, and I think that he's like Iraqi descent. But he's American. Lives now. in or is born in Finland. Yeah, but he lives in like Richmond or something like that, doesn't he? I don't think so. I thought he was because he was on the Ultimate Fighter, right? He was in like an Ultimate Fighter alumnus. Amir Khani? I, I think I don't so. Know. Yeah, I want to say that he he's was. He's from Finland. Hmm. Maybe I'm but, completely I mean, that, wrong. He's, I look forward to him and uh, Masio Fullen. You know, I think that Amir Khani... Andy Ogle's a tough out. The guy's durable. And Amir Khani destroyed him. And then uh, you got Maribek Taisumab, who trains out of uh, Tiger Muay Thai. And... Uh, there was a lot of hype when he came into the UFC. He, um, I remember Roger Huerta was just yelling at him in his uh, second fight in the UFC, which he lost by decision. And then he went and got a TKO in his next fight, and then a KO after that. So he might be like the jitters might be gone, and he might be coming into his own. Alan Patrick is undefeated, and his last win was against John McDessie. So, I mean, you got two prospects in the lightweight division in that fight. So, um, it's sort of too bad that it's buried, but again, you know, you get like a bunch of Polish fighters and, um, you know, German fighters are above them. So that makes sense. I was completely wrong. um, I was completely wrong about Amir, Amir Khani. Sorry about that. Yeah, he's from Finland. Yeah. That's all right. But, um, I got some intel about Seaver's, uh, PED thing. Okay. This is it's interesting because it's weird. <laughs> uh, let's see. He was uh, Seaver was popped for um, for a thing called uh, HGC, human chorionic gonadotropin, and it's generally used for uh, fertility drug for women, but for men, <laughs> it can, for for men, it can boost testosterone production and also has it's also a weight loss agent. So there you go. Ah. Weird. Weird stuff, man. Lame. Yeah. I Disappointing. Thought, I thought that was interesting, though. Um, this guy, uh, Lucas Sajewski, who's 13-0. and zero, Yeah. Who's fighting Nick Hine. He's a legit prospect. He beat Marcin Held. And Marcin Held is real, man. He's 21-3. and three. 
He's on a six-fight win streak in Bellator. And, you know, one of his losses is to this Lucas Sajewski guy who's 13-0. and zero. So, you know, that's that's a fight definitely to watch. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I definitely want to watch this card. I just, I can't, I'd be lying if I said I knew that much about any of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple people I knew about. I got one guy completely wrong. Like, I thought he was someone else. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, hey, it'll be a educational experience for me because, like, a lot of these guys are new or I, I've never seen fight before. So, for I'm, sure. I'm also going to go with uh, Sajewski because he's Eastern European. He's Polish and, you know, they're like tough people over there. Yeah, you know, Nick Hine lost to James Vick in his last fight. Sajewski beat Held. I just think that's really. And his name's Wookie, so he's probably going to get sued. I got to go with him. Yeah, okay. Don't need the money. Also, um, another glaring error I made a couple when we first started doing this was uh, was calling out the uh, <laughs> the Ken Shamrock um, Kimbo Slice uh, fat fight, but that's actually happening this weekend. It's happening on Friday. Oh yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, my friend Thomas Dixie said I could make a lot of money if I stood by it and bet on Ken Shamrock. <laughs> He's a big underdog. I'm I'm really ex- I'm actually excited for it just because Friday Friday nights are like a night that I usually stay home and just hang out and like you know recover from the the whole week of brutality you know and I just sit home and relax and usually on on Spike there's uh, there's some kind of like fight going on like either Premier Boxing or you know Glory or Bellator so you know last week it was Premier uh, Premier Boxing and um, this week's gonna be cool man I'm just gonna chill out gonna relax. You know, you have to take a shower, fucking, uh, you know, watch Bellator, man. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Kimbo still has got those hammers, you know? So, I don't know. And, and also, Ken's 52 years old, bro. Or he's 51 or something like that. Yeah, man, but he looks all juiced beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's... Dude, that photograph that's been circulating? Yeah, I don't know, man. He's like, people are trying to tell me I'm on juice. I'm just finally dieting and taking care of myself. I'm like, dude, you look better than like, so like you're 52 and he's like crazy shredded. Like, come on, man. Yeah. What is the, uh, the drug testing policy in Bellator? Like, do you, is it, it's, they're not, in I don't a, know, man. they're not, there's not this, you don't hear about the same things over there. Like it's almost like, you know, the, all the attention that the UFC puts on, puts on PEDs sort of, like, distracts people from what's going on in Bellator, you know, and for any of these other fighting organizations as well. So, uh, so... It's starting to... It's starting to drip into that, man, because, um... Their former champion, Alexander Shlomenko... Yeah. He got popped for, like, something weird, like a diuretic or something. And then, uh... Mike Richmond, huge disappointment. He, He got popped for some type of steroid... And got suspended for two years. It's like, dude, you know, you just totally fucked up your career. It, I, he was really fun to watch, and that just, it's so disappointing, but I hope it's a lesson to upcoming fighters out there. Like, two years off, great. That's two years you get to be a sparring partner and work at Home Depot or something, you know? Yeah, and just take damage for two years, you know? Sparring, hard sparring with dudes and get punched in the face, you know, for two years. Yeah. But, uh, it's not worth it, man. You and know. also, Fitch got popped too. John Fitch in uh, World Series of Fighting, his last fight, he got 
like hit for uh, I don't know testosterone or human growth hormone or something because I I saw photographs of him leading into that fight and he was sh- jacked and shredded and he was like once I, I thought he'd actually moved up to a different weight class but I was like looks like my man's up to middleweight but he was still fighting a welterweight but he was like gigantic forearms like the telltale you know signs of like people doing something where their forearms are huge and they got those weird like deltoid muscles you know shit that only like Mexican supplements can can help you get you know what I'm saying you know you don't get that from doing like wrist curls you know what I mean yeah (laughs) so that's disappointing I mean that guy talked so much shit on PEDs and then he gets popped like you moron or like how effed up is MMA where this dude who once believed in not taking PEDs is finally like you know what how many people I bet he's seen take them he's just like fuck it <laughs> you know yeah I don't think that's a great answer but you no know. I mean everyone's always talking about how they think GSP is on steroids was on steroids too but you know you know that's just like people talking shit probably yeah I don't know I mean dude was never huge you no. know he didn't walk around like that big or anything no. so and he always seemed like he took like this really crazy training regimen um I don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, when someone like Silva gets popped, what is real anymore? I mean, I think he did it because of the injury. Yeah. But it's just like I have no idea. Who, yeah, who uses, who doesn't use, I, I don't have a clue. And also just like, you know, when, when you and I think of steroids, you probably have like an outdated idea about what steroids do to people. Because, uh, you know, I'm thinking about like in the 80s, you know, working out in some like Guido, like Ironhead gym where everyone's on like DECA or wherever the hell it is. And they're just like purple and like shredded and huge but now there's like all this random shit like this fucking hgc you know i don't even know what that you know the human chorionic gonadotropin you know but somehow does something for you but it's illegal so i don't know man you know it's interesting this whole thing with with peds and uh you know i'm (laughs) Whatever Shamrock is taking, though, I like to get some of that stuff for myself. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, who do you think that you think Kimbo's going to win that fight? Because Shamrock, he's a, you know, he's a submission guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually this is my this is my reason for going with Shamrock. Kimbo's got bad knees. You know, he's got like yeah. arthritic knees. He's got no cartilage in his knees. And do you mean to tell me that Shamrock is not going to take him down? And in all the fights I've seen Kimbo, that's that's clearly, clearly his Achilles heel. Like, you don't want to stand with that guy because he's got hammers for fists. And most of his, uh, his, his uh, you know, background is boxing or smashing people in backyards and, you know, running at somebody, you know, fucking beating people down like that. So, you know, I don't think that he's been training jiu-jitsu these last, like, 15 years or whatever. So I think... I see, I, I'm going to go with, with Ken Shamrock, who has, like, more experience in MMA or Valley Tudo or No Holds Barred, whatever you want to call it. And I just think that, um, you know, he's a powerful wrestler, man. You know, I think he's going to take him down. And I think that's going to be the end of it, you know. I wonder, if I bet money on Shamrock and then he tests positive for steroids <laughs> and he wins, do I get to keep my money? Depends on who, who you're, I mean, maybe not, like, if you're, yeah, because it'll go to if if it's like you're doing it with some legit organization and it goes to like a no contest, then you probably lose. 
you probably forfeit your money. But that's like later on, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. But like if you're doing it with just some people, yeah, if you're just doing it with some people and it goes to no contest and you just don't call the guy back when he goes to collect his money. <laughs> yeah, you just you just like slip slip him, you know, and you're like, oh, oh man, I'll give you your money like next Friday, and like you just you, you don't show up or something, and then like pull it in us. Yeah, you like forget forget to meet a couple times, and then you hope the guy forgets about it. You know what I mean? Unless unless you're, he's into you for like four grand or something like that, then you might get your legs broken, <laughs> you know, or you might get your jaw broken or something like that, you know. <laughs> but somehow I don't think that's the game you're playing. I think that your action might be a little smaller than four K, you know. Speaking of which, man, you you, uh, you told me that you saw um, dog fights. Yeah, the documentary. That. Oh my god, man. Yeah, that's wow. uh, that's Kimbo's background, that man. Intense. That's his. Uh, that's where he came from. That's his. Uh, you know, his background is that type of fighting, man. Dudes running at each other. But swimming. that other guy, the Dada Five Thousand, like. You know, he arranges that, like, in his mom's backyard. It's like, oh, my God, man, that was crazy. Yeah, the cops, you know, what I thought was interesting is, like, yeah, it's illegal. You know, if someone, you're, you're running the risk of, of catching a felony case doing something like that. You know, it's just completely unsanctioned. You know, there's no doctors there. You know, if you get, you get a concussion and then you can die. Like, you can, people could, like, walk away feeling fine. And then die. That's how people die a lot of times from these fights. And uh, it just, it's super sketchy, man. But the cops didn't seem not to care too much. They just were like, well, you know, they showed up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like he was talking about, they know that they're all, everyone in town is in his backyard. Like, they're not out there hustling or trying to, like, shoot each other. They're like in the backyard and watching a fight. Like the violence in his backyard somehow reduces crime. You know, like yeah, it was really it was a very interesting movie, definitely, and especially when you're looking at like the the socioeconomic issue of you know you got these African American people in poverty in Florida. It's really interesting just on that level, you know, like, I wasn't watching it, like, I'm sure you weren't either, you know, like, oh, man, this is just, like, world star hip-hop, yeah, yeah. No, I don't care about that stuff. I was watching it, like, wow, this is an amazing expose on a culture and also poor black America, you know, like, it was very interesting. Yeah, definitely. One guy sort of is, like, he's, like, four and four or something like that in some, like, lower profile MMA promotion. Like, he ended up making a career out of fighting. And uh, Dada 5000 had a couple of fights, too. MMA fights. Yep. And then... But Tragedy still found two guys, man. There's that guy, Tree, who got, like, tased to death by the cops. And then there's, like... Oh, my like, God, man. The, the other dude who got shot in the back of the head, and then they just pulled the plug on him. And that was, like, a downer, man. Like, I'm glad... Like, that was brutal... But I'm glad that they found some way to end that documentary on a positive note a little bit, you know? Like with, like, you know, Dada winning his first fight against that guy, whatever his name was. That... Right. Getting out of the the hood. Yeah. You know. But, Probably uh, not, but, you know. <laughs> definitely yeah. showing, like, a different, like, oh, it's a win. Yeah, definitely. You know, it didn't just end in complete darkness, you know? 
But uh, that was dark, man. The guys like looking around. That was bad. That was really, that was that was that was rough. You mean the guy, the guy that was uh, they pulled the plug on? Yeah, the guy who got shot in the head, and he's just like looking around, like he he could look around, but he had, he his like he had severe brain damage, like yeah, that was bad. I was like, this is I couldn't imagine having to to deal with that situation. Uh, a family member, it's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, that was intense, man. But uh. But yeah, man, so, you know, this weekend's fights, cool, a couple of good things. You know, for me, it's going to be an uh, educational experience in a lot of ways because a lot of these guys I'm not familiar with. Um, you know, real, real excited about uh, Jacek's uh, first title defense. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed watching her fight against uh, Sparza, so, so this should be cool for me, at least on you know, the couple people I do know. But uh, Yeah, I'm, I might watch all these fights if I can. I mean... Real quick, I want to start making calls on things. I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. Okay. If people want to call me out later and say, hey, you, you suck at picking fights, that's great. Leave a comment or something. Uh, Yuta Sasaki, Peter Hallman, uh, Scott Askham, uh, Noad Lahat. I don't know the next two guys. <laughs> uh, I think that Alan Patrick's going to beat Taisumov. Amir Khani's going to truck full in. Uh, is gonna win, and, uh, I don't know about Peter Sabata and Tim Kennedy, I'm picking Seaver and NJ Check. Right on. That's, uh, I, you know, I don't have much to add to that, man. I, I, like I said, I don't have, I have a lot of intel on some of these guys, but, uh, you know. Well, there you have it, man. That's, uh, that's our sort of, uh, fight pass fight night Berlin Germany uh, analysis with some random thoughts about backyard brawls and uh, Bellator and uh, Kane, Kane Velasquez losing his title so, good old Kane yeah it was a little heartbreaking though man but you know I think also the cool thing about Verdum is like he's got a great personality man like he I would be <laughs> stoked for him he's got a lot of personality he's gonna be great in interviews you know he's like you know Little lively sort of dude, you know. So yeah, totally. you know, I'm down with him. Man. I'm down was, for dude. He was smiling. He yeah. was smiling when he had that choke, man. Yeah, he's like, oh, yes. He's like, pay attention, pay attention, Kane. This is called a choke. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been like, Payne did not pay attention when I had him on the ground and I slipped the choke in. Yeah, like that. That's how he should have did it. Man. <laughs> you have to pay attention. <laughs> pay attention, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> all right dude so uh yeah man so that's our that's our podcast uh, for this week and uh, i'll see you guys uh soon freedom of speech that's some motherfucking bullshit you say the wrong thing they like your ass up quick the sec says profanity no airplay they can suck my dick while i take a shit all day think i give a fuck about some silly bitch thing boy your pmrc here we go war yo shit what's the matter you ain't getting no dick you bitching about rock and roll that's such a shit dumb bitch the constitution say we all got a right to speak Say what we want, tip. Your argument is weak. Censor records, TV, school books, too. And who decides who's right to hear you? Hey, PMR, see you stupid fucking assholes. The sticker on the record is what makes it so gold. Can't you see? You alcoholic idiots. The more you try to suppress us, the larger we get. Freedom of speech. Just watch what you say. Freedom of speech. Yeah. Just watch what you say.
shut off our 